Hey folks, Chris and Rich here. Uh, just want to talk to you real quick about the folks we do our podcast hosting through. Our podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Now, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast or you're looking for the best home for your podcast, I want to encourage you to check out all the amazing features that Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, it's unlimited. So visit uh, podbean.com slash V-O-R radio to check it out today. And again, that's podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash V-O-R-R-A-D-I-O. Thanks for checking it out. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're wanting to podcast, this is a really great place to do it. We've been doing with this with them for quite a few years now, and we've been very uh, grateful for all their help and for their the tools that they have available. Please give it a che- uh, check, and I think you'll be happy with it. So now we're on to the show. Well, welcome back to Voice of Reason Radio. Chris Honholtz and Richard Story joining you on this 29th of April, 2023, which, quite interestingly, is now officially on the nose seven years from the day this program first aired. We first aired April 29th of 2016 our first episode ephesians 4 building up the body of christ uh i'm gonna put that in the show notes in case you're all are interested uh, you know uh, see how just see how cringily bad we made a men seven years ago uh, yeah, you know that's just uh i i i actually clicked on it today because i couldn't remember did like did we even have the same intro music i know the the icon was different uh, it was our, our our good friend Elijah Hankins, uh, who is with the Lord these days, uh, who gave us not only our logo but the music, the intro music for this, and um, you know, and so we've never never changed it. But I was like, I couldn't even remember if that was the initial music, and and lo and behold, it was. So hopefully, hopefully, if you go back and compare to what we do now versus to what we did seven years ago, which I still can't believe has been that it has literally been that long. Um, hopefully we've improved. <laughs> then again, I, I would still argue we still don't know what we're doing. So <laughs> I don't know if it's all that different. But again, thank you for joining us, Voice of Reason Radio. Yes, it has been seven years since the Lord graciously allowed us to, I, I don't want to say untrained or unlearned, but just two ba- basically two men who love the Lord, who love his word, to get on a podcast and then actually continued to allow us to have listeners. And for the first two and a half years, almost three years, it was very low listenership. And the Lord just said, you just keep plugging away. And that's what we did. Uh, he didn't say that audibly. I don't want to make Justin Peters n- nervous. Uh, <laughs> that was just meaning that it was kind of like just that subtle encouragement to keep at it. And it was uh, probably three years into it that we began to see a difference. And it has been a slow but sure um, increase in listeners over time. Until 
this year, and then y'all showed up in spades. So, <laughs> it's, welcome to all of you who have no idea we've been doing this for seven years. <laughs> it, is, it is massively spiked. Um, we now have, which is beyond comprehension for us, we now have four episodes that now are in excess of a thousand downloads apiece, with two episodes on the cusp of hitting a thousand downloads that that and that is not i get it this look we're not we're not dividing line with james white we're not uh no we're not daryl and virgil with just thinking we know that they those guys can get in in a single episode uh, uh seven years worth of downloads for us totally get that um, but for us that is such a huge deal to see that so many of you have continued to listen to and benefit from the program Thank you for joining us and sticking with us through so many years. Um, just blessed by that. And I uh, want to remind you, as we've had all these years, uh, we have the website slavetothekeng.com. That is kind of where your one-stop shop for all things Voice of Reason Radio can be located as far as contacting us, finding updated information, articles if we are disciplined enough to write them uh, <laughs> and links to social media to, uh, to buy it. I don't know. Is merch still the word? I don't know if that's still the word. It changes all the time, but if you have, if you want gear, uh, you can go to our link at uh, doctrinallife.co where they do our t-shirt. And by the way, if you're not big on t-shirts, they actually have stickers, Stephen Melenzen, you know, you and you like stickers, all of your iPad stuff. You you need to go get a sticker. So they're not that much. You can get them from there as well. Uh, sad part is I don't even have any, and it's our show. I need to I need to buy me I need to buy my own stickers. I need to do that. So, um, but you can do all of that, and you can sign up to be a follower of the uh, of Voice of Reason Radio through that website. So really encourage you to do that. By the way, I, if if you I'll get into a why in just a second, but if you find yourself benefited by this show, could you let us know? Not because we need like our egos coaxed or anything like that. Um, mostly it, it helps to know that what we're doing has found some benefit to you so that we are doing the things that, that are not wasting your time, but are actually being beneficial to your time. That's what we've wanted to do for seven years is to glorify God and edify the saints. So if you have, if we have benefited you in some way, just let us know so that we continue to know what things help you. All right. Not, not that what, what, the, not looking for what drives up numbers, but what helps the body of Christ so that we continue to focus on those things. We don't want to be a show that just chases the latest topics, though that is something that happens often because we find reasons to um, to speak about biblical uh, uh, biblical things, doctrine, theology, practice. Out of that, you know, we try we don't chase the topics, but sometimes they kind of fall on your lap, and you kind of got to work with them. Um, but the reason I say that is some of you in the last twenty four hours, to me at least, have had a lot to say because of some frustrations and things that that I've seen going on that made me question what we're doing, uh, whether we should just continue in this or not because of what I see going on in broader social media circles. And I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you with regard to that. So um, that, that's just an encouragement. And, and if the program benefits you, if there's things that we do that help you, then again, I always encourage you consider sharing it. Again, we're not chasing numbers. That's not has nothing to do with chasing numbers. It's just about 
finding ways to help the body of Christ where we can. And so that was, this is our two cents worth of effort to try and be some blessing to you guys. And again, for those that did say some things this week, uh, especially in the last 24 hours, very, very grateful for you. So with all that said, this is our seven year anniversary show. And guess what? We have no topic. <laughs> so we're just going to talk and, 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 and have fun with this tonight. Um, and hopefully it's a blessing to you, but hopefully you have some fun with us because we want to celebrate just spending seven years doing this. This is, this is crazy for us. So with that said, I'm going to ask how he's doing because last week he was not doing so well, <laughs> man. And for those that may have not or may not have known it, thank you for praying for Rich. He was not feeling good at all. So those that uh, caught on that he had been kind of quiet in social media and you reached out to him, thank you for doing that. Those that were praying for him, thank you for doing that as well. Rich, now that that's passed, how are you doing this week, brother? As always, brother, better than I deserve. Um, Amen. It was, it was a wild week. Um, I, my, my granddaughter was kind enough to share with throughout her family and my family at my home a stomach bug. So it, it made its way through the family, and I think I was probably the last one to be blessed by it. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you could say that. Um, it made it made me appreciate my normal abnormal abnormal. I can't even talk. It made me appreciate my normal abnormalities. <laughs> so, um, it's one of those times to where you know things seem kind of rough and my health may not be exactly where I'd want it to be. And I can't do this. I can't do that. But I was reminded things can always be worse than what we perceive as what's going on. So, um, I really don't have anything else much to say about that other than the Lord sometimes blesses us with an infirmity to make us realize how blessed we are other points and times in our life. But um, thinking back to some things, <clears throat> excuse me, you said leading into this, seven years. To put it in perspective, Obama was still president when uh, we started this podcast. That's right. Oh, Donald man. Trump had not, Donald Trump had not even been nominated the Republican nominee at that point, and Obama was still president. And that was in 2016, and here we are seven years later. And as far as <laughs> the first episode, we could have just ran a rerun tonight on the first episode yeah. because <laughs> our, origin, our original intent on starting this podcast was to try to become and bring a voice of reason to what was going on mm -hmm. online and social media and among the brethren and here we are, seven years later, and we could just about do a repeat of that very, very first episode. I don't remember what we said in that episode. Um, I don't go back and listen to our episodes. <laughs> in fact, I don't even listen to our episodes. Not, not that I remember anyway. I think I may have once or twice just to try to figure out ways to say things differently or maybe do things a little differently or whatever, but... Um, have you ever gone back and listened to any of our old episodes? Uh, reluctantly. Um, only because I wanted to make sure either the... Uh, it, 
was the audio okay? Because I wasn't sure, or did you know at, when we were covering it? Did I sound like a complete nincompoop? Because there were times I wasn't always sure, <laughs> and I know that's probably the normal is <laughs> that I normally normally do. But I I like I don't know probably like you I can't stand the sound of my own voice. <laughs> So it's plus it seems very strange to go. I want to listen to my own podcast and see how brilliant we were. <laughs> well, that would be a little bit narcissistic, I guess. To, oh, I can't wait to listen to our next episode that we just recorded because we did such a great job of it. Yeah, it uh, it feels a little weird, so I just try to avoid it if I have to, if I, if I can get away from it. And I, I see, you know, you and I follow some accounts that are pretty much dedicated to podcasting from different platforms and stuff like Podbean. We, I think we both actually follow Podbean mm -hmm. Twitter account and they do a lot of interesting polls and questions and whatnot. But one thing I find interesting is some of the responses people talk about that have podcasts talk about the hours they spend editing and doing all this. <laughs> you don't, you don't really do any editing. We, we just, if, if we have bloopers, they just stay in the show and, I think, you know, unless there's a glitch, for the most part, we yeah. just roll with it and you just adjust the sound and add yeah. the intro and out music and people just pretty much get what they get because we don't really filter or edit or go back and yep. remove what we said here or there. It's just pretty much raw, unedited footage of you and I rambling from week to week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is that I can understand a lot of some of these podcasts, they are content creators in the sense that this is what they're doing for like an income. You know, they're, they're actually creating things where they're, you know, we, we like to watch, my wife and I like to watch various, you know, YouTube programs. And um, these guys, you know, a lot of times they're cooking shows and stuff like that. And so I understand if you're someone who you're, this is part of your income. Yeah, editing and getting the absolute best sound quality, removing uh, the worst of your, you know, removing all your bloopers and everything like that. I get that. We always kind of went into this like this wasn't going to be an income generator for us. And, uh, you know, while we have been blessed, while we have a few people that have kindly contributed in some fashion, um, we've never gone like out of our way to, we, we've told you that it was available. But we weren't going to try and make a ton of, uh, of money off of this because we do it. <laughs> this is my, this is where my struggle is. We do it because we love it and we want to help the body of Christ. Of course, my struggle is, and Rich knows this all too well, as, as does my poor wife. Uh, I'm one of those individuals that's like I, I, I run up into these times of frustration or doubt because if you don't see any kind of impact, you start to question whether you're doing anything worthwhile. <laughs> And so, um, that's, it's, it, but the complaint, there's never been complaints about the quality of our sound or the, or the, the content, um, except for like the occasional person who just wants to come out of left field with a strange accusation or something. And, and, th and those are rare. So, yeah, I mean, we really don't. It's like once, uh, and, and I, I say this again, cause I don't know how many people have heard me say it before. Andy Olson of Echo Zoe Radio was the one to whom we have we owe so much thanks to in terms of our setup. Because you and I, <laughs> for the first few years, it was like no budget. 
I mean, we, we were barely you know, if, uh, to, able to do any of what we did because we have zero budget for it. And we were looking for every free option we could. And it was uh, Andy Olson who was gracious to make sure we got a digital recorder. He had people that came together and uh, kind of like a kind of kind of like give, send, go or go fund me. I forget which one it was. And they gave us the money for the digital recorder. And then I'm like, all right, we'll find a way to get the soundboard and stuff. Nope. Andy was the one that had some leftover equipment from one of, you know, when he upgraded and sent all that to us and then walked me through setting it all up. So it's set up and I don't mess with it. <laughs> I learned how to, to edit it all together. And then, um, I don't, I don't mess with the system. <laughs> it, it works. And we just had somebody who was asking us about what we did. Uh, who was it that was, it was, uh, Patriarcha, Patriarchy Hannah on Twitter. Cause she just started a podcast and she was asking some input. <laughs> and, and so we were, I, somebody tagged me and I'm like, Oh, please don't let me try to make me explain this. I, <laughs> I do it by auto autopilot now. <laughs> Yeah, my on my end, it's extremely complex and complicated and technical, and you know, basically, Chris takes care of uploading the audio and doing what little tweaking he has to do. Um, on my end, I have a phone and a wireless headset. That's it, <laughs> Chris, and that's one reason why I never do an episode by myself. I've never. We've never even posted one or attempted to. That's why that if something happens and I can't record, Chris either goes solo, we find a guest, or there's a rerun dropped. Because Chris has all the equipment. He's got the software. I'm just kind of, <laughs> a lot of times, I'm just kind of here along for the ride. Um, people may wonder what I actually do other than... Oh, you do a lot, some, brother. <laughs> well... I think most people just think I'm your sidekick, but I guess I'm, <laughs> no. for lack of a better way of putting it, I'm just the research department yes. <laughs> more times than not. But um, it's just pretty, it's been pretty interesting over the last seven years that, you know, the Lord has blessed our little program and blessed our effort. And I can remember when we very, very, very first started, we were excited if it, if, 50 people downloaded an episode in a yeah. week and Lord has blessed us. And, you know, we don't, like you said, we're not getting 70, 80,000 downloads an episode, but I am extremely thankful that we have just slowly increased over the years. Um, we've had people join us in the podcast community. We've had our podcast family, which is our faithful listeners who seem there's, quite a few of them that started out with us that are still regular listeners today. But if you're new to this podcast, if you're new to Voice of Reason Radio, maybe this is the absolute first time you've ever tuned in. Don't judge the rest of them about this, by this one particular episode, <laughs> because Chris and I just decided tonight we're just going to kind of have fun and kick this around a little bit because it is our seven-year anniversary and we're just kind of saying happy anniversary to each other and to the show and to the listeners. And it's just kind of laid back and casual. For the most part, our episodes are conversational. And we try to present it in a way that 
it would be a conversation you would hear between two brothers. Mm -hmm. If you were sitting in a table next to us, eavesdropping. And that's the way we've pretty much have tried to present each episode. Sometimes we've gone pretty deep in some topics, but generally we've just kind of been a conversational episode. Mm -hmm. More times than not, we're, we're not scripted. Chris will... More times than not, than well, he does a lot more than I do. Put actual real notes together, <laughs> but um, we're unlike most of the Christian podcasts. I say most, and <laughs> I'm just gauging it by things I've seen fellow podcasters put out there. That you know, they use a script and they're real tight with their time and everything else. Chris, and Chris, you know that for the most part, most weeks we just kind of shoot from the hip mm-hmm. and. And my idea of notes, people, we would drive Daryl Harrison absolutely <laughs> bazonkers if he saw the way that my notes are laid out. It's just complete chaos. But for some weird reason, that's the way my brain works is within that chaos that I, I just have. And the times that I've talked, people will cringe at this too, but, you know, I'll read through material, but my, my way of taking notes is like one word to trigger a memory or one verse to trigger a memory or one sentence. I don't, I don't plan out every exact word that I'm going to say. I read the material. I try to get as familiar with the material as I can, but that's just the way that I do it. I'm, I'm not necessarily relying on my memory. I guess in one way I could just say, I'm just relying on the Lord to bless me with what to say. And I'm not relying on anything else, but that may or may not be a good thing, but uh, leave that to each end up to each individual. But um, anything at all, really, really, or let me rephrase the question. Does any episode that we've recorded over the last seven years, does any one episode jump out in your memory as more memorable than any of the others? You know, that. I can't say that they do because I mean after seven years we've done so many, um, it's been such a, a blessing really to to cover really a, a wide range of topics. I mean we've tried to do things um, where we've covered politics, covered day to day issues, we've co- covered uh, biblical issues. I think one of the ones that may stand out to me more than the others was one that was very personal to the both of us, which was when we, um, when we go, this kind of dates back to our first involvement in podcasting, which was uh, cross encounters radio, at which time we were part of the team that helped promote uh, a, a musical group called by, uh, by the name of page One Sixteen, And they did, they had done these fabulous, um, kind of remakes of, of Christian hymns, multiple albums, uh, some of which I still own on, uh, on MP3. And out of the, well, for us, kind of out of the blue, I, I guess those who had been paying attention to, uh, paying attention to, uh, I think it's Latifah, realized she was kind of drifting left. And uh, then one day for us, out of the blue, she just full-on embrace of... Um, of homosexuality and just says, no, I, I can't see it as a sin. And, and we, we spent a, a fair amount of time walking down that road because we felt a certain responsibility 
this was someone we had helped promote to Christians as, hey, this person's putting out good Christian content by her stuff. And now she had basically turned her back on the Christian faith, rejecting what the word of God said. That one was, I think, really important to us. Not so that we could kind of, uh, you know, like, po- you know, poker in the nose, but it was, and we had even shared it. We've actually sent it to her uh, on her Facebook page. And from what I remember, she listened to it. She utterly rejected it, unfortunately, but we were, we, this wasn't just like to say, oh, she's terrible now, avoid her. It was like, this was, a, this was a plea that that you are going down a wrong path and folks pray for this person and and understand when someone like this is going this direction this is what the word of god says you are arguing with the word of god and i think that one hopefully encapsulates why we do what we do is that we care so deeply about christians taking everything we do to the word of god it's not taking everything to the spirit of the age. It's not taking everything to what's acceptable to my neighbors and what might sound nicer. It's not what may, uh, you know, taking it to what, what does it make me feel? How does it make me feel comfortable? But rather putting all those things aside and going, what does God's word call me to do? I, I hope that maybe that one more than anything stands out to this is why it was so important because when you abandon the word of God, this is where it takes you. Well, we've never, our show's never exactly been a troll sagator, meaning we, we don't Mm-mm. seem to trigger trolls. Unlike a couple of brothers of ours who Ugh. seems to get a barrage after <laughs> well, several, actually they get just a barrage of trolls and whatnot. But, um, and I don't remember where I saw that this week. Somebody used the word trolls to gator and it just kind of <laughs> stuck. And I thought it was rather funny, but, um, poor Nathaniel and Eki, well, Daryl and Virgil as well. They, they seem to be trolls to gators. They could say up and they'd get 2000 replies saying down <laughs> that one simple comment. But, um, and we've made, well, we've seen a lot of new podcasts emerge, mm-hmm over the last seven years um just just thinking truth be known yep uh, squirrel chatter parts Mat- for the laws matter theology well matter theology there's too many i can't remember all of them right off the top of my head and my memory is about as short as my pencil and i haven't <laughs> used a pencil in quite a while so oh um, i gotta remember that uh, one <laughs> which part uh, the the shortest the pencil part. I got to remember that one. <laughs> That's just an old southern expression. But I, See, I, I live up north of Nevada, man. We don't get that up here. <laughs> we need to get you down south and teach you how to speak southern <laughs> and expose you to some real southern cooking. And I'm not even worried about. Adventure. I'm not even worried about that. I need to get down south because after nearly 10 years of knowing one another, we still haven't seen each other face to face. That's what I got to come down South for. (laughs) And everybody who's brand new to the show just went, say what? (laughs) That would be even a greater blessing, but I'm just talking in generalities. You know, you need some real Southern fried catfish and fried okra and squirrel and dumplings. And And now Gene Clyde just had a heart attack. (laughs) That just, 
popped out because of something I remember seeing. I don't know if it was this week or last week. Someone was asking about recipes for squirrel and <laughs> yes gene gene was tagged in it and there were jokes going around but i actually do have a recipe that my grandmother had for squirrel and dumpling <laughs> um, honestly i have not had squirrels since i was probably 15 or 16 years old and i'm into my mid-50s now so you know you do the math it's been quite a long time um, my dad never would eat squirrel because he called them tree rats. So. <laughs> oh, poor Gene. Is, now, now he's just twitching. And, and if you don't know, if you if you are a new listener, a, a good friend of ours, Gene Clyatt, he's the one that does squirrel chatter. And he it, the name squirrel chatter comes from his nickname, uh, Shinar Squirrel, which is uh, what he goes by on Twitter. So squirrel jokes are aplenty when it comes to Gene and, and tor- tormenting him with the idea of squirrel recipes is, is part of, uh, one of our favorite pastimes, pastimes with him. So, <laughs> you know, I, I agree with you. It's it's been crazy. We have seen so many podcasts come and go. I mean, um, we've been blessed to be affiliated with so many. The ones you just mentioned, and of course, our our friend, uh, our dear friends, Michelle and, uh, and and Amy over at Word Fitly Spoken. Um, every, you know, Andrew Rappaport and everybody that's involved with. Christian podcast community. We've been blessed in that way. And what's been interesting is to watch them kind of come and go over time. Um, we've seen some that I thought, man, these guys, they take off, took off like a rocket. And these guys are going to surpass everything we've ever hoped to do. And they, and they start off and then one day their circumstances change and they're, and it's no longer there. And you're like, oh man, that's terrible because their content was so good. And then you see stuff that you're just like, can I put you on mute somehow? Because yes, you're <laughs> you're sound, but dude, do you really have to be that? Let me just hammer into the ground everybody I disagree with. I mean that that's what was set me off this week. If any of you have been paying it, kind of operate in the circles that we do uh, on social media, you know there's a. I almost loathe to bring this up. Um, the, the new argument du jour, which is the argument of the day, stealing from Todd Fielder, um, is the whole Christian nationalism debate. Now, first time I ever heard Christian nationalism was when Beth Moore used it as a slur against anybody that dared vote for Donald Trump. But apparently there is a positive argument, and I mean positive in the sense from an actual Christian perspective that says there is a biblical argument for it, um, I've looked at some of the stuff. I haven't spent a ton of time researching it. I'm not really going to spend that much time because there's just too many things to follow. And I have limited hours in the day. Um, But there's a positive argument for it. And there are people, probably more like myself, who say, yes, there's Christians should be involved in the culture. Christians should be involved in politics, but not to that extent. And so you have this budding of heads where... One, you know, the Christian nationalist group says, this is the way. The other group says, eh, don't really agree with that. This is the way. And it started off as a lot of back and forth, but what it's devolved into is a lot of slander, a lot of name calling. And I'm sorry, but I, uh, when you do things like 
uh, putting up a picture of somebody putting on clown shoes and then refer to G3 getting ready for the conference, uh, which is exactly what a, a particular Christian na uh, nationalist supporter did, insulting G3. That shows you how far this, how, off, how far off the rails this has gone. And many of the people involved are podcast-related people, people that we love, people that we respect. And it is this; these last couple of weeks have been... Well, look, I'm going to say it, say it frankly. Y'all are being pathetic. I mean, I, I've made my comments. I, others have made their comments. We can do it respectfully, but my word, um, how disgusting the behavior when Christians slander one another, insult one another, and then do these uh, you know derogatory memes at one another and act like it's no it's no big deal. Um, it's wrong. It's sinful. We and everybody needs to stop. And unfortunately, you know. Rich, you and I got started doing this because the previous podcast we had been part of, I took a leave of absence from because I was watching this kind of behavior and it, I hate to, it's so vexed my soul, let's put it that way, it so bothered me that I took a time away from blogging, I took a time away from podcasting because I was concerned about being part of what I called a cacophony of noise. It's like everybody was arguing and trying to push their slice of uh, of the Christian pie in, so to speak, and push out the others. That's what it felt like. And it pushed me away to where I had to ask the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is it? Why are we doing it for? And this is where it goes back to, Chris, you need to stop worrying about trying to <laughs> accomplish, like rescuing the Christian internet or something, because that's that's where I get frustrated. I, I try to help and everybody still acts stupid. So <laughs> then I get upset. So, <laughs> but you know, you and I both know that, and that caused some consternation, which we won't get into, but that actually caused some consternation within the circle that we were a part of at the time that I stepped away. And uh, it actually caused uh, a rift with, with, uh, with a brother because I felt what was going on was wrong. And I, w I didn't want to be part of that. So when we made this and we did that first episode on Ephesians 4, you're right. That, that was what we call, wanted to call everybody to. It was, let's get back to what Scripture tells us. Let's analyze everything through Scripture. Let's treat everyone the way we should be treating each other through Scripture. Because that's what we wanted to call people to. And when I, last night when I saw, when this kind of just hit a fever pitch for me, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to pull the plug on everything because I was right back to where I was, I think it would have been eight years ago. And by God's grace, there are some very kind listeners who encouraged me, please don't do that. <laughs> so, Well, I have one bit of advice, especially if it's a topic that you, you I'll say you, I'm, I'm talking to the listener. If, if there's a topic that you are especially passionate about mm -hmm. or a topic that you have very strong opinions about before engaging with someone on social media, before replying, before posting about a particular individual, I encourage you write out or you know, text out on, on a note app or something, text out what you want to say, wait an hour, Go back, read it, and then if, if, if you feel it's appropriate, then go ahead and use it as a reply in a social media post. But exercise some self-control, yeah. and that's what's lacking 
on Twitter among, even among professing, I'll, I'll go beyond that, even among those I would consider true brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a lack of self-control. It's getting caught up in that moment and being guilty of the emotionalism and knee-jerk reactions we accuse the world of partaking in. And I'm not, I'm not talking, well, I would apply this to even if, if you're trying to interact with some very hateful individual that you're trying to have a debate with or whatever else, you still need to exercise self-control. Yeah. There's something occurring within society today that I've been reading and watching and observing, and I'm seeing more evidence of it. For whatever reason, I'd say probably half the millennials and most of the Gen Zers, I don't know if it's from influence they are coming in contact with on different social media platforms, if it's a result of what they're being taught in public schools or college or homes. But one thing is abundantly clear. As Christians, we're faced with something and we're being faced coming to face with a, something in an age that no Christian has ever faced before. For one thing, we have numerous individuals that claim to be Christian that hold to every type of sin under the sun. Mm -hmm. But worse than that, they are convinced that if you disagree with them, you hate them. Mm -hmm. And that's something we need to remember, especially when we're engaging with society on social media much less with each other, but we need to remember. And sadly, I think it's actually starting, that attitude is starting to take place within the professing church, yeah. is the notion that if you disagree with me, that means that you hate me. If you don't affirm or support what I like or what I want or what I believe, then you hate me. Um, and like I said, especially as it applies to the you know, LGBTQ plus communities, as it applies to the Gen Z generation, whatever the cause that they may be fighting for, so to speak, but they are being convinced and being told that if this group over here disagrees with you, they hate you. And that has fed into some of the hysteria that's prevalent within America today that has fed into the culture, that has fed into society, Sadly, it's feeding into the professing church. You know, years ago, our government would, well, you know, we won't get off into the long, deep tone, but <laughs> this could go. But, you know, we've always had crooked politicians. But in some way or another, when they were crooked, it at least benefited mm -hmm. the American <laughs> citizens in some way. And, you know, they would try to un unite American citizens, they would try to unite them against a common cause to keep America together, you know, whether it would like a foreign enemy or, or, or a foreign country. Now those countries are coming in and have ingrained themselves within our own government, and they're doing all they can to split this country. Now, I'm, I love history. I've always enjoyed reading history. One of, one of the sub subjects that I, I've always enjoyed was military history and reading about military strategy, reading about how, you know, America defeated the Nazis in World War II and just different types of things. 
But one thing I do see happening within the country today, it's almost straight out of a three-letter government agency tactical assault playbook as it would apply to a foreign country. Those tactics are being employed here to where outside influences are coming in and they're doing all they can to split and divide the nation into different groups and subgroups and subsections and have them at war with one another. Mm -hmm. That is how you overthrow a country is you divide the people in that country. You, you create internal turmoil. So eventually you can just waltz in and take over that country. And people may not like to hear this, but that is the tactic that we have employed against other countries over the years to bring about democracy in a dictatorship or bring about change in this country or that country. And people may not want to hear it, but it is the historical truth of how things have happened at different times in our history. You know, at times, you know, it was a worthy fight, like fighting against world domination by the Axis Alliance or fighting against the spread of communism. But ultimately, those tactics have been taught to our enemies. And the way I see it, and some people, somebody may say, well, you're just being a conspiracy theorist. No, I see it. There's more than enough evidence to show it. And I know I kind of got off rambling, but somewhere, somehow, we're, we're faced with an entire generation that's being raised and taught that if people don't agree with you, that automatically means they hate you. As Christians, one of the primary things we need to need to be aware of going forward, especially with evangelism, we need to explain to these young people, no, we do not hate you because we disagree with you. We disagree with you because this is what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. This is what you're teaching. This is what you're adhering to. This contradicts the word of God. God defines this as a sin. You claiming that you're, you're a man and claiming to be a woman, that's denying how God created you. That's denying the gender that you were given at birth. You claim that you can be a Christian and be a lesbian. No, that is sexual immorality, just like yep. having sex outside of the confines of the marriage bed is sexual immorality. But even those definitions are being challenged because I was rather flabbergasted and I did a little reading. I was scared to search too much because of the results I kept finding. Is several episodes episodes ago, you and I made the analogy that claiming to be a gay Christian is like claiming someone could be a porn star Christian or a yeah. Christian porn star. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Well, guess what I saw this week? <laughs> there, and this was this was not some little side type article. This I think this was came across either Fox News or the Daily Wire. There is a woman. I'm not going to call her a lady, but there's a woman, and I think she's from California, that is a professing. She's a quote unquote Christian porn star. Oh my word! And and. She came out and said that, I don't remember the entire article, but basically that she got over her shame of, of nudity and got over her shame of being a porn star 
and came to the realization that God wants us to enjoy our sexuality and that she's no longer ashamed of nudity and she's no longer ashamed of this, 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 and this, and that the Lord has set her free from that shame and that she's convinced that she's doing God's will for her life by being a porn star. Now, if that's not made you just gag enough, there are untold numbers of professing Christians who have come out in support of this woman and affirming and saying, yes, that's fine. You can do this and still be a professing Christian. My word. And we're just as bad as things may seem right now. We're just getting started on how far the term professing Christian is going to fall. Yeah. Because I've already seen, if if you look and read and pay pay attention, and, and if you're observant, we're not far from legalized prostitution in this country, at least the, the discussions and the talks about it. We're not far from going from, okay, I can be a gay Christian, to, okay, it's fine, you can be a Christian porn star. It's not that far off, because we're almost there as it is. When you have people that are blind to their own sexual immorality and you have untold numbers of professing Christians addicted to pornography, addicted to what would be considered pornography 60 years ago, just in normal, quote-unquote, television shows and commercials that are beyond obscene a lot of times, when all this has become normalized, it's not a far stretch to start seeing people normalize other behaviors that the Bible condemns. And I, I, and I don't want to be a, <laughs> a downer in this particular episode, but just some thoughts that I had and observations that I had I wanted to present to our listeners. But getting back to the main point, we need to learn how to present God's truth, not less offensive because the Word of God is already going to be offensive to those who hate God. Mm-hmm. The Word of God is already going to be offensive to those who have rewritten or redefined the Word of God. We just need to present God's truth as it is, leave the results in God's hands, and do our best not to come across as, quote-unquote, one of those that hate me because you disagree with me. I guess the point of my ramble was is to... I encourage others, and if you come up with ideas and thoughts, send them to me and Chris. How can we present truth to a culture and to a generation whose default is, okay, if you disagree with me, you hate me? Do you have any thoughts on that real quick? I I think the reality is is that we're going to have to start with the understanding that it's the world at large is being programmed with that. I mean, that that is... You look at any conversation that we see, you know, turn up on social media. I, I, I made a, I, I joked about our friend Patriarch Hannah. She and her friend, you know, um, uh, feminist turned housewife, I think is what is her, is her title is. They did their podcast and they were talking about various things that they had tweeted that really were just biblical truths, and they weren't even anything like outside of the ordinary or. Uh, majorly mind-blowing they were just normal posts about what they as as housewives do and the insanity that came from it and 
the 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 general populace today is programmed to believe that a response to any argument is anger, animosity, offense, and uh, and to basically uh, accuse somebody's and in and, and, or, or I should say impugn somebody's motivations and their character. So the phrase. Well, you, you 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 say that because you hate me. It's not that's not an argument. That is it is designed to shut you down. And so, first and foremost, is that we have to kind of get to maybe put it more bluntly. We have to get a thick skin. We have to be re recognized. We have to train up the body of Christ to recognize you're going to be accused of being a racist, being a bigot, being a uh, a homophobe, being uh, transphobe, you're, you're going to be. There's no way I'm around gonna, that. I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. Mm -hmm. In defense of, of those that would say, well, you disagree with me, so you hate me. In reality, though, that is what they have come oh, yes. face to face with. All those titles that you just named off, there, there are those within the professing body that exhibit those behaviors that you know because we've talked about this in the past the word conservative has become synonymous with christian where not all conservatives are christian but there are many of those individuals who have come face to face or had conversations or social media social media exchanges with quote-unquote mm -hmm. conservatives who have attacked them who have lashed out against them because they truly do hate them. Yeah. So how in today's world, as a true Bible-believing Christian, do we present biblical truth to an individual whose automatic default is going to be, a, is going to, be to assume oh, yeah. that you hate me? Well, and, You're and, a Christian, so you hate me. Yeah, right. and, and, and that's where I'm going, but I just, I, I, I want us to, to not fear that. We're going to. That's That's my first point, is that we're going to be accused of that. There's no, there is no perfect way to interact with what the Word of God says and tell someone who loves their sin, who's been told that if somebody tells you this, they hate you. And and many times, this is what people believe. Um, that the, the way you shut them down is you call them a bigot or a hater or whatever. We are going to be called that. So how do we then do it? We we do it the way we would with any other sin, and that is to you know to lovingly and patiently walk people through the Word of God. We don't rely upon anything else. We don't rely upon worldly philosophy. We don't rely upon emotional heart tugs. We don't. What we certainly don't do is we don't adopt the and I and. This phrase is kind of loaded because it's misused, but there is a far right socio-political viewpoint. There are people right now that we are beginning to see that have some very extreme attitudes, even within conservative political circles, that even we go, whoa, back off. You know, you, you are disgustingly insulting and you need to, you know, what you're saying is wrong and you need to stop that and apologize. And they go ballistic even on fellow conservatives. So there are some people out there who do that. And so we don't want to adopt the harsh mannerisms and language and uh, condemnatory attitude, I guess, 
in conveying this, we look to these people. We look at these people in the same way we would look, that someone looked at us, who saw us in our sins and cared enough to share us share the gospel with us because they recognized that they themselves were once on the way to hell and now they're sharing that the 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 means of salvation with us. We got to do that too. We recognize that no matter what slings and arrows people share uh, throw at us, and they're going to, that what we are aiming for is the uh, to to strike the conscience with the law of God, and bring the truth of salvation in Jesus Christ to them, so that they recognize that there is forgiveness for the very sins that they so love, and so we do that with with love. We do that with compassion. We do it with tears in our eyes. What we don't do it is with is we don't smack people upside the head with a baseball bat or a, a hammer and say that's that that you're you're terrible. You're icky. You're gross. So stop doing. Stop being that. We don't say well, that you, the way we solve this problem is make people like you go away. So we don't want to do that. What we don't want to do is appeal to the fact that you are in. You know you love this sin. And it makes you feel like you're complete, but this is a sin in the eyes of God. Here's what scripture says about it. And your one day, no matter what you do to make this world feel more comfortable for you, one day you step out of this life and you stand before God and there won't, there won't be any excuse. Well, you kind of hit on some of it. You said about developing thick skin. One thing that has to be ignored is if they come back and call you a bigot or a racist or misogynist, regardless of what they call you, regardless of what they say, you've got to ignore it and focus on the goal, and that is presenting the biblical way of salvation to them and realizing that you'll never argue someone into hell. I mean, excuse me, you'll never argue someone into heaven, and you'll never argue someone out of hell. All results are left to Christ, by Christ, through Christ, for Christ. All we can do is plant that seed, and the results are left up to Christ. We we may be, for all, for all we know, we may be the 12th one in line that has planted that seed or tried to water it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if it's God's will, that growth will take place. I know looking back over the course of my own, my own life and realizing that the number of times that I had been exposed to the biblical truth and remembering and thinking back and realizing, okay, I heard this maybe a half a dozen times before the Lord opened my eyes. And then the realization hit, okay, I can remember having come across this at some point five years before I was truly saved, but it was it was numerous times before the Lord broke my heart and crushed my heart of stone and I was very hard headed. It took <laughs> basically the Lord picking me up, taking away my ability to do everything that I put my identity in, mm-hmm. setting me down in a wheelchair and say, okay, you're going to listen one way or the other. And uh, that's a very simplistic way of putting it, but I think it's an effective analogy that if Christ is going to save you, there's nothing we can do to resist the gift of salvation to a point. Um, but in, over the course of time, if we're engaging with an individual or even like with the podcast or handing someone a tract, 
that may just be one of the stepping stones that the Lord is going to use to eventually bring an individual to true repentance and faith in Christ. We never know. Yep. So when 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 the Bible talks about sharing the truth in grace and sharing the truth in love, we've got to remember the world has its own definition of love. Sadly, most professing Christians have an unbiblical understanding of love. They think to love somebody means we have to go along with whatever it is that they claim that's for them, but that's not true biblical love. That's one of the things lacking in today's world is a true understanding of the difference between cultural love and biblical love and agape love. Yeah, absolutely. For God, I was just going to say for God, it's agape love, but we, we tend to view love in, in earthly terms to where, you know, well, I want to be around this person, I, want, I, want, I like this, you know, whatever. But that's one of the truths that we need to make sure we're presenting is that there is a difference between God's love, agape love, and earthly love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the debates I've seen off and on for the last couple of months is God loves everyone, that we're all created in the image of God, so God loves all of us. That is true, and it's not true at the same time. People confuse his divine grace given to the earth versus the love that he has for his son, of which we're seen through his eyes. When, as a Christian on this earth, when the Lord, when God looks at us, he doesn't look at, at us as we are. He looks at us through the eyes of Christ. He, he's viewing us through the lens of Christ and not through the lens of his judgment, not through the lens mm -hmm. of his wrath. We have the mercy and we have the grace of Christ. But I think sometimes, and that's a word that I've not heard in quite a while is God's divine grace on the earth. And Paul spoke of that when he talks, when he was in the book of Acts, when he was talking about you know, the Lord bless you with, with fruit and, and food and rain. I forget exactly where that was at, but it's, I think it was when he was in um, Athens, mm -hmm. but it's just some thoughts I had. I'm just kind of <laughs> rambling through, but I know we're getting close to our hour mark. So I'll hand the next few minutes over to you and you just kind of take it either from work, something that I've said or take it from <laughs> something that's on your mind. Well, I, I think the thing that I would just like to encourage everybody with is what we've tried to do for seven years is it doesn't matter what the world says it doesn't matter what your favorite theologian says it doesn't matter what uh your heart's leadings say it, it always comes down to what does the word of god say whether you're dealing with the the argument of the day which and i'm going to appeal to my brethren please stop these are your brethren knock it off you're acting like children this is not a schoolyard where we bully each other into getting the, the game we want. We, instead, no, I don't want to play dodgeball. I want to play kickball. And so we're going to argue and beat each other up until we get decide whose game it is. Knock it off. Just stop it. This is this is ridiculous. But whether it's the, the argument of the day, which is what's going on right now, whether it's uh, the 
secular, leftist, really satanic incursion into culture that has basically captured it and has is in complete control of it, or whether it is you're just trying to navigate raising your children in your home. You're just trying to navigate paying your bills in a timely manner. Uh, and you're just trying to exist in this world where it's becoming increasingly difficult to just to pay our bills because the costs are so outrageous. And you're like, I don't care about all these other, I don't care about what school had a fight break out because some dude that wants to go into the girls' locker room got, you know, beat down some other kid. I don't care about the president who's lost his marbles. I, I care about just trying to raise my children. It doesn't matter what the circumstances, the circumstances, what does the word of God say? And how do you apply that in your life? Because that is, that is the focal lens of everything. That's what we've tried to encourage people to go to for seven years is that the whole the whole reason we call this the voice of reason radio which we did not realize was being used by very many atheist podcasts at the time <laughs> this is what happens when you don't do market research <laughs> um but there is only one true voice of reason and it is the word of god that's it, it people some of you were very kind when I kind of threw up my hands on, on Twitter yesterday. Say, That's it. I'm done. There's a common comment that I've seen from many people over the years. And that's referring to Rich and I as being voices of reason. You know, it's like you guys are actual voices of reason on this uh, website. Please don't go anywhere. Think, please thank you for saying what you say. We appreciate the compliment, but we're not the voice of reason. I, 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 I've had to bust Andrew Rappaport's chops because he likes to, you know, say, you know, introduce me and say, this is Chris Honholtz, the voice of reason. It's like, don't do that because <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I'm a fallible human being. I am cap just as capable, capable of succumbing to my own pride and arrogance. I'm just as capable of erring in my emotions or my own thoughts rather than uh, you know, submitting to the word of God. So I need to have the true voice of reason. Rich needs to have the true voice of reason. We need, we need God's word. And so if there's anything that we can encourage our listeners to do is to be students of the word. It has been so interesting lately to see people who get upset when you tell them we need to go to the word of God. I mean, there is a major, I've seen a major assault on scripture being the word of God, meaning that there are people who are saying, no, it's not. It's just, it's just a religious book. You can be a Christian and not believe it's the word of God. You know, or the word of God is Jesus and it's not scripture. Yes, these are arguments that I have seen. It is a full-on assault upon the revealed word of God. Because they don't, what I always find so interesting about those arguments too, by the way, is since scripture is not the word of God and it's scripture is not your authority. And by the way, there was actually somebody who said that scripture is not our authority. Uh, what then is, oh, that's right. Your fallible human mind that is prone to sin. Um, that's usually what the problem is, 
is that since the word of God is not the authority, the word of God is not the word of God and it's not the authority, what then is the authority? It's themselves. It's whatever enters their mind at that time and what they want to appeal to, to attract people to their quote-unquote ministry or their quote-unquote teaching. It Scripture is the infallible rule of faith. It is what we have that he God has given to us in this life, in this world, that points us back to him and how we then should live. If we are professing Christians, we aren't saved by our works, but we are saved unto good works, meaning we do good works out of, as a result of the fact that we are new creations, and then we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and so... Now we look to the Word of God not as a rule book to get saved by, but as as the guide by which I worship my Savior in all things that I do. It is what you must analyze things by. And, and so going back to the question you asked me earlier, Rich, about how do we handle people who say, you hate me? It is the Word of God. How do I handle a brother in Christ who I believe is sinning? I go to the Word of God. How do I, uh, you know, deal with, uh, you know, politicians who want to tyrannically rule over us and tell us what the church can do? I go to the Word of God. How do I handle a, a rebellious child in my home? I go to the Word of God. How do I deal with, you know, my my finances? Well, okay, it's not a finance book, but. What I spend my money on often reveals my, uh, you know, where I may or may not have idols, which Scripture speaks to, right? So I go to the Word of God to know how I should live, and then from there practice outward. So what I'm getting at is, if we can accomplish anything, if we've done anything in seven years, our hope has been that we have encouraged you to live as Christians who love and practice from the Word of God. Who live, think, love, and practice from the Word of God. That is what we want you to do. That is what we hope we've accomplished. And that's what, God willing, if we are allowed to be on here next week and the week after, that's what we will always encourage you to do. You know, just this week, I, I wrote something up that, and it, <laughs> I should have put it on the website. Uh, <laughs> I'm being bad. I do it all over Twitter and Facebook, but then I don't put it on the website. I'm terrible at that. But I kind of came to a conclusion the other day that for myself, and I, and I will say this for myself. I won't say it for anybody else. That I have, for as long as I can remember, and I, I, Rich, I think you read what I posted. As long as I can remember since I've been a Christian, and had access to social media. I've always wanted to say or do something that helped other Christians. Now, I won't always say that I've done that perfectly and with right motives. I will say that my theology has grown over the years, and that hopefully my practice has. But one of the problems that I always had was a desire to be recognized for what we were doing. Right, to have some sort of, because if I had the recognition, that meant the platform grew. And if the platform grew, we could reach more people. And I, and, and like a lot of people, there's that, there's that natural inclination to want some sort of pat on the back. And, and I've struggled with that for, for as long as we've done these things. And it came down to, you know, I realized, um, I don't, the podcast doesn't need to be massive. 
the blog is is perfectly sufficient for where anything I write needs to go. We don't have to be part of somebody else's ministry. We don't have to be on speaking tours. We don't have to write books. We don't have to be recognized. What we do have to do is serve faithfully. And so whatever we do, whatever the Lord does with this and does with what we write and post, our hope is to encourage you to serve faithfully. To read the Word of God, to apply it in your life, to go out and share the gospel with others, to evangelize, to to present the biblical way of salvation, to worship the Lord in all that you do in humble, uh, uh, humble servanthood, and ultimately say, we are simply servants, we simply did our duty. If we can accomplish that, if we have done that at all in the last seven years, then that we have accomplished what God gave us to do. And I really hope that that's what we will be able to continue to do. So to those of you, but as we're wrapping up here, Rich, I just want to say thank you to those who have been faithful listeners, who have reached out to us at times and, and told us how what this show has meant to you. Thank you to our friends, uh, especially to those of you who spoke to me yesterday when I was <laughs> losing my mind. <laughs> Encourage me not to quit. Thank you. And thank you for those, even if you only ever listened to us once and shared it with somebody, thank you. Because what you have done is you have encouraged us to be faithful servants, and we hope that we can do that for you as well. So seven years, that, that's just amazing to me. Seven years, and at last check, according to... Um, Podbean, I think we have somewhere... Podbean really does need to explain this dif- difference to me. That's the wrong app. Um, when we look on our account, like if you if you looked up Voice of Reason Radio on Podbean, it would tell you that, it, that we have like 684 followers, but when I go into our individual account, it says we have 806. So there's like a 100-plus difference. <laughs> Not that it, it, the number ultimately doesn't matter. I, I really got to ask them with that, why there's a difference there. Um, but even at the low end, almost 700. And people that faithfully tune in and faithfully share. And that's because the Lord has allowed this program to be on the air for seven years. Um, that's mind blowing to me. Because in my mind, I don't think we do anything different. We might sound a little bit more comfortable behind the mics than we did April 29th of 2016. We might um, have a little bit better sound quality and editing quality because now I can kind of do it on the fly without thinking about it. But you and I haven't really changed. I mean, we, we've grown, hopefully in our, our love for the Word and grown in our understanding of the Word and, and perhaps been better at how we present it, hopefully. But I don't think we've changed much except that the Lord has humbled us more and more as we do this and has caused us to be more grateful to Him, I hope. 
But what has happened is that the Lord has said, I'm going to use this tiny little platform for my purposes. And people are going to tune in and people are going to find something in this that is helpful to them. And he has done that more and more as time has gone on. And at one time, once upon a time, I may have absolutely wanted to strive for those numbers. And Rich can tell you that that was discussions we had. Today, I just look at it and go, this makes no sense to me. Because I don't think we're, we're doing anything any different. And so that's God's work. That's, that's good. And again, we're not, we're not, we're not top 20. We're not even top thousand, but that the Lord has said, I will use this and I'm not going to let this go away just yet. When so many have come and gone. He took two knuckleheads that they aren't, they aren't scholars, they aren't theologians, they aren't pastors, they're not published authors. He just t- took two guys who love the Lord who have said, sadly for 10 years have never met face to face because we live two time zones away and neither of us travel. Um, and he graciously gave us a heart to speak the truth. And he graciously graciously gave us an audience to listen. I don't know how you explain the kindness of God any differently than that. Lord, you are amazing. And uh, if we never get to do another podcast after this one, if tomorrow you shut it all down, Lord, you are far too patient. And far too kind to give us the voice that we have had for this length of time. Thank you, folks. We really appreciate you. Uh, Rich, any last thoughts? Well, and this is different than normal, so pay attention. Whatever you do this week, make it a point at least once a day to sit down, think about your brothers and sisters in Christ, and pray that the Lord bless them with an increase in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Folks, you, um, if you do nothing else, please do what the, my brother here just said. This podcast means nothing apart from glorifying God. That is our desire and our hope. And if we have not encouraged you to glorify God, then we don't belong on the air. So we pray that's what you focus on this week. God bless you guys. Thank you for giving us seven years. Let's see what the Lord does with the remaining time we have left. God bless you all. Good night. God willing, we'll see you next week.